Good morning, everybody. Right, let's try that again. Good morning, everybody. So great to be here with you all. This is my beautiful wife of 22 years. Tawa, stand up. Say hi to everybody. Look at her. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. That's what prayer does, guys. Come on. I'm telling you. I prayed for a whole year. Isn't that right? Prayed for a whole year. I was single, and, uh, and, uh, and I felt the Lord say, pray. Uh, and this is my prayer. Lord, I pray for a beautiful, godly woman, and this is the one I want. For 12 months every day, that was the prayer of a single man. There you go. That was something for somebody. Pray. Pray, pray, pray. Amen. And it's just an honor to be here with you guys at, 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 uh, at this church. I love your pastors. I don't know if you love them, but we love them. And uh, Daryl and Denise are two of the most uh, pastoral pastors that I know. You know, there are pastors in name, and then there are pastors in gift. And uh, these, these two carry the gift of a pastor. Amen, somebody. Give these guys a really big hand. And uh, so we love them. And Daryl's so gracious, he's giving me his car for the next week. Hey, right, I've just shared that. I've publicly declared that. And uh, amen, amen. All right, who's ready for the word? Give me a wave. I, I feel like I've got a word for everybody here this morning. It's going to encourage your heart. It might challenge you a little bit, but that's okay. We don't mind that. And, uh, and so uh, I've titled this message, The Spirit of Life, The Spirit of Life. Uh, the Bible is composed of 66 books from 40 different authors written over a span of 1,500 years. And, uh, but it's consistent in three themes, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You read from Genesis all the way through to Revelation, and you see those characters on display all the way through. Uh, the Christian life, uh, we are discipled in the Word. Amen, somebody. We are encouraged by the great and wonderful deeds of Christ, but sometimes we overlook the source of authority, the source of power that is available to the local church today, and that is the person of the Holy Spirit. We major on God the Father, we celebrate Jesus the Son, but sometimes we forget about God the Holy Spirit. I've always been in the church. I grew up in the church. I won't name the kind of church I grew up in, but I grew up in the church. Uh, and we majored on God. We majored on Jesus. It was in every Bible story as a, as a kid growing up. But I very rarely heard about the person of the Holy Spirit. It was almost like an afterthought or a tag on at the end of a sentence. But there was no deep teaching about this person of the Holy Spirit which just blows my mind today, because today we recognize that without the power and the person of the Holy Spirit, we actually cannot do this thing we call Christianity. It is, it is impossible to do Christianity without the power of the Holy Spirit. That is why Jesus said, it is better that I go so that the Spirit can come. Some, amen, somebody. He said, it's better that I go so that the Spirit can come, because when the Spirit comes, He will give revelation about everything that I've just been teaching you. He will bring truth to that which I've just been displaying to you. Um, now, the, the Nicene Council, the Council of Nicaea, was established around 325 AD, 381 AD. 
this was a body of believers that had gathered together in Nicaea, and they were, they were tasked with framing what this Christian faith really was. Their task was to define and crystallize what the Christian journey or the Christian walk really was. The Christianity has spanned all over the globe. And it's great to see the nations represented here. Daryl, I love this church already, you know, and because uh, there's so many nations represented here. Christianity is spanned through all the nations of the world. And they were starting to realize and recognize that if they couldn't define it, it would get lost in translation. And so this group of, 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 uh, of devout men, they met together and they came up with the following statement. Let me read this to you. It says, we believe in one God. That's a good start. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord, Jesus the anointed, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made who for, the, for us humans and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and on the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again to judge both the living and the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And in, and, in chap, and in paragraph 3, or paragraph 4, it says this, And in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life. Write that one down. And in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, and who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. Now, in Genesis 1, in Genesis chapter 1, starting at verse 1, it says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Now let's go to Deuteronomy 32. It says, in a desert land, he found him in a barren and howling waste. He shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as an apple of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. Now there's something here that I want to show you guys from Genesis 1 and Deuteronomy this passage in Deuteronomy. Number one, they're both written by the same author, Moses. We attribute the, the first five books of the Bible to Moses as the author. And that's been uh, uh, for, for uh, uh, it's almost uh, without debate that that's the agreement of the church. Now, secondly, there is this picture of the Holy Spirit, of one that is hovering over the waters and also, like an eagle, there, there is there's something spiritual, there's something powerful and profound that I wanted to just show you today, that the Holy Spirit, according to the, the, the Council on Nicaea, the giver of life, 
is the one that hovers over desolate and dark places. Are you guys getting this? Here's, here's, my, here's my conjecture. I believe that the Holy Spirit does his best work in places of darkness, in places of barrenness, where there is emptiness and void. That's where the Holy Spirit is at his best. Amen, somebody. And, and, and how does that encourage us today? Well, that simply means if you're sensing dryness in your life, if you're sensing darkness in your life, if you're sensing lifeless in your life, if there's seeming like, seemingly like nothing is happening in your life right now, well, I say praise the Lord. Because let the power of the, the giver of life into that space, and he will turn what is dark into light. Amen, somebody. Now, Genesis chapter 1 is a beautiful verse. I love Genesis chapter 1. And we, but we can easily uh, glance over that, that first verse and miss the work of the Holy Spirit. So I want to prove it to you guys today. The Bible says that, that, that and actually reveals to us that all three, uh, uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, were at work in Genesis chapter 1. Now it says there, in the beginning, God. God was there in the beginning. No confusion there. That's pretty simple, new. Well done. All right. And then it goes on, and it says that God spoke into the darkness, and he said, let there be light. When God spoke, he released God the Son. Let me prove it to you. And the, and the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Where was the word? It was released when God the Father spoke, and he released God the Son. But God the Son, the Word, needed God the Holy Spirit to give life. So it goes like this. It says, in the beginning God spoke, releasing God the Son, and then God the Holy Spirit saw the Word, and he breathed life into that Word. Then God the Father looked at what happened, and what did he say? Hey, that's good. What do you mean that's good? Didn't you do that? No, that was the work of the giver of life. Is anybody getting this? Now, in, in Genesis, it's this, it's this Hebrew word called ruach. Ruach. The word for the breath is the word ruach. It also means spirit, it, it, and um, it also means wind. In the Greek, it's the word pneuma. <laughs> Get that? Pneuma. Okay, carry on, carry on. So, so here's what I want to contend for us this morning. We need the giver of life. We need the breath. We need the ruach. We need the ruach, the, the numa in our lives. Not just once. It's not a one-time thing. It's every day of our lives. We need to be washed over with the wind of the Holy Spirit. We need to, be, we need to uh, allow the breath of the Holy Spirit to come into our dry places, into our barrenness, into our darkness, and breathe life into those spaces. Amen, somebody. And so today I want to talk to us about the importance of, the, of allowing the spirit of life into your situation. You see, friend, like I said at the very beginning, you cannot do this thing called Christianity without the power of the Holy Spirit because it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that is available to us. You know, and Jesus said this, wait in Jerusalem 
until the, the power, until the Spirit comes upon you. And then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria until the ends of the earth. The problem is, in the church today, we're trying to do Christianity. We're trying to be good. We're trying to be faithful. We're trying to be right with God without the power of the Holy Spirit. It's, a, it's impossible. Why? Because the Spirit of God is the one that gives life to your very bones. It gives life to your very soul. It's the one that awakens you in the middle of the night and causes you to pray. It's the one that, 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 that ignites fire within you and causes you to say, praise the Lord. It is the Spirit of God that does that to you because your flesh can't do it to you. Because the flesh, the Bible says, is deceitful. The heart is deceitful. It's carnal in nature. So it goes the opposite direction. And that's why we need the Spirit of God, the Spirit of life to come into us. So there's three things that the Spirit of God wants to do, I believe, can do in your life. Number one, it will complete your life. Our lives are completed in the Spirit. The Bible says in John 16 and verse 7, but very truly, very truly, oh, let me go to Philippians 1 and 5. Thanks, thanks guys down the back. Philippians 1 and 5, it says, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He who began a good work in you will carry it on until completion, until the day of Jesus Christ's return. So, so the day of Christ Jesus is the day that Jesus returns. Amen. We know we're waiting for Jesus to return. He, he said he'll come back and he'll take his bride, and let me just tell you this, he's only taking one bride. So we should get along with each other because only coming back for one bride, amen. And don't get so hung up in denominations because he's only coming back for one church. There's only one church. Forget about denominations. Anyway, and so, and, so, and so he's working things out until we are being completed. We are, we are on a journey to completion. He who began a good work will see it through until completion. I'm going to shock you this morning. But here's what I want to say to you. You are a work in progress. You're not there yet. I know this is a surprise to some of you because you wake up and you look in the mirror and you go, Ooh, God can't do any more good than that. That is beautiful and that is perfect right there. I know that's how Daryl sees himself every morning. <laughs> but for the rest of us humble people, we know we're a work in progress. We got our things. We got our hidden secrets. We got our stuff that we don't allow anybody to see, but they're there. They're the hidden things, the secret things, the things nobody, but they're there. But let me tell you something. That's okay if they're there because God works his best in dark places. In barren places, he works, he breathes life. And so what do you do? You just need the Spirit of God to breathe life and, and help you outwork your life and bring it to completion. The picture of God over the week was this picture of David going into the valley to face Goliath, and, and he goes by a nearby brook, and he grabs five smooth stones. I never saw this before, but there's something about those stones that God wanted me to see. And what he wanted me to see was the reason they were smooth is because they've been in water, rushing water over a long period of time. Wow. 
their edges have all been smoothed out over a long period of time. Come on, some of you guys need your edges smoothed out. You've got some rough edges. Life has, life has made you like sandpaper sometimes. You might think you're like you're, you're, you're God's gift to this church, but, you know, there's some rough edges there. There's, there's work in progress, but guess what? You just allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. Come on, he, he's, he's, the, he's the ruach, he's the breath, he's the life giver, he's the one that washes over you. He will smooth those stones out. Come on, he, he, will, he will touch every corner that you think is hidden. Those attitudes, that mindset, that wrong, those, those doubts, those fears, that anxiety, that, that, that doubt that you can never be something or accomplish something. Come on, God will smooth those edges out. Amen, somebody. He will bring you through to completion. The second thing is this. This is what the Holy Spirit does. Our lives are sealed in the Spirit. Not only are they completed in the Spirit, but they sealed in the Spirit. Now, I don't know if you realize this, but we in New Zealand now have a new monarch. We've got a new king. It's no longer the queen. So your currency, your dollar notes, your coins... They're not worthless. So just give it to me after the meeting because they're worthless. No, they're not. They're still worth something. And, uh, and, and so, but there's going to be a new seal on your currency, the new face of the new authority. There's going to be a new seal put on there. And, and uh, if you notice, on one side of a coin is the value of the coin. On the other side of the coin is whose authority that coin comes from. Can I just say that there is a seal on your life the minute you say yes to Jesus. The minute you say yes to the Lord and invite Jesus into your heart to forgive you of your sins, because we're all sinners and, and we all need saving by grace, and, and you invite the Jesus into your life, I believe, and the Bible teaches us, that that's the minute the Holy Spirit comes into your heart. And when the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, He seals you. You are marked. And, and, and this is the beautiful picture that I want you to leave today with. That when you stand before Jesus, when he returns and he, he, we stand before, before him on the day of judgment, guess what, guess what he's just going to look for? He's just going to look for that seal on your heart. He's going to look, wait, wait, wait. No, no, this one's one of ours. He's got the seal. He's got the seal. I don't care about what he did here on planet Earth. I don't care about how many times he read his Bible or how many services or how much he gave. All I want to see is, is that seal on his heart? Amen, somebody. It's the seal on your heart. It is on your heart the minute you say yes to Jesus. You are marked for life. That's why, that's why it's, the Bible also says that for every believer that walks away from the Lord, that they're almost ruined. Why are they ruined? Because they know the truth. And their life becomes totally miserable. And that's why they need to come back to Jesus. Amen, somebody. Because your life is, is sealed. Come on. Your identity is sealed. Your authority is not, not of this world. Come on, there's some Star Trek for you this morning. You are not of this world. Your authority is from heaven. You're, 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 that's why you, when you pray, when you pray, you're not praying of, on the authority of this world or the authority of this land or the authority of Elam Church. You're, you're, you're standing on the authority of the name of Jesus with a seal on your heart. 
and you declare the promises of he who raised Jesus from the dead. Amen, somebody. Is this too early for you guys? I know. The final thing is this. This was the biggest revelation for me when I started to understand the work of the Holy Spirit. Number one, the Spirit of God completes you. Number two, He seals you. But number three, He sets you free. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Uh, you know, guys, I've been in church my whole life. I, I, I've, I feel like I've seen it all and done it all, and I, there's not much these days that surprises me. And after all these years, I've been pastoring my church for 10 years. I'm taking a sabbatical as of 12.30 this afternoon. One o'clock. But all I know after all those years is that when there, if the Spirit of God is not in me, there's freedom. I don't have that freedom. I, I, I believe for all of us here today, there's, there's things that are like, do you guys understand this term? Soul ties. Yeah. Some of you guys who have been in church long enough will understand this term. It's like these soul ties that are locked onto us, hooked onto us. The enemy, his job is this. Kill, steal, destroy. He's the father of lies. He's, he's out there to steal, kill, and destroy. Every man, woman, and child. Every, every faith-filled man, woman, child. But the Spirit of God has come to set you free. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. The Bible says, actually, that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So whatever those ties are, in the name of Jesus, you can sever those ties. If it's addiction, severed in Jesus' name. If it's fear, severed in Jesus' name. If, if it's doubt, severed in Jesus' name. If it's unbelief, severed in Jesus' name. Come on, whatever those soul ties are, you can sever those things. In the name of Jesus. Come on, He came to set us free. But not, not freedom so we could do whatever we want or say whatever we want or think whatever we want. So freedom so that we could live the life that God has called us to live. Are you guys getting this? Let me, let me, let me finish with this one thought. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. We've heard that passage so often that we think that that's like Father God or Daddy giving us the visa and saying, buy whatever you want. But that's not actually how it's translated. To delight means to align. It means to connect. It means to submit yourself to the Lord. And then His will becomes your will. So the desires of your heart are no longer your desires, but His desires. You getting that? Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires actually of His heart. Come on, just close your eyes where you are. I believe we just needed to be reminded again this morning 
the Spirit of God, the Ruach, the Numa, the breath of God is available to give you life. Father, I pray over this church. I pray over the people here this morning. Lord, that you would just bless them. Father God, I pray for the word that it will not return void, but you would allow it to fulfill that which is sent out to fulfill. I pray in intimacy with you, Holy Spirit, like never before. I declare over this church that there will be a greater level of intimacy in the Holy Spirit. You're not going to fear the things of the Spirit. You are actually going to align your heart with the heart of the Father, and He will reveal His will over your life. So, Lord, I thank you for each and every one here this morning. I praise you in the wonderful name of Jesus. Bless them. Bless every household. Bless every marriage. Bless every child in the name of Jesus. Young and old, the Lord your God is with you. The Spirit of God has marked you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for Pastor New right now? What a great message.